Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Funsky. Yesterday was a big day for library users in St. Louis City and County. Beginning then, both the St. Louis Public Library System, which serves the city, and the St. Louis County Library went completely fine-free. And Kristen Sorth, director of the St. Louis County Library, is here to tell us all about it. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we're also joined by Waller McGuire, the CEO of the St. Louis Public Library. Waller, welcome to the show. Little difficult to follow otters and sharks and piranhas, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. But we'll, we've got exciting news. I feel like books can be just as exciting as you fish. Bet. So, Absolutely. yes. And for those of you who are listening out there, if you want to continue um, just all the phone calls we've had today, we're happy to hear from you as well. How do you feel about these two public library systems eliminating their late fees? Will it affect your own use of the libraries. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Kristen Sorth, let's start with you. Why eliminate fines? Well, we've been really looking at ways to eliminate uh, or to reduce barriers uh, to access to libraries for many years. We started in 2016 with removing fines on children's material. And then we implemented auto renewal, auto renewal last year. And so all of those things are just kind of moving us in this direction. Our strategic plan really addresses maximizing access and impact. And one of the huge barriers for people are fines. Uh, there are lots of statistics out there that say it doesn't help people, it doesn't encourage people to return their materials, but it does keep them away from the library, and that's something we don't want. Is that a matter of people feeling sheepish, or is that more a matter of, hey, even if it's only five, ten cents, it adds up? It's actually both, I think. I think there are people, um, Waller and I uh, were joking that often people say, hi, it's nice to meet you. I have a bunch of overdue books and fines, but I'm really a good person. I, I do think that it keeps people away because they feel guilty, mm-hmm. but there is also the huge impact on people that that can't pay their fines and so that means they don't come to the library and those might be the people that need it the most. Now Waller, I know the St. Louis City Library, much like the county, um, you guys began this auto renewal process last year. So you can basically, um, you guys automatically renew our books three times before people had to pay for the cost of the book. How is this new totally fine-free system different from that? Well, the auto renewal was interesting. It isn't like just uh, making a book due in nine weeks instead of three. It only worked if somebody wasn't waiting for the book. Uh, so people still uh, accumulate overdues. Uh, so this is just because a way if of there making was, it easier. If someone else was in line for that book, you right. would have to bring it back at the end Correct. of your first we, we, period. You can't renew a book that somebody else is lined up for. And it's amazing how many people line up for library books. So that was a step in this direction. And we actually found that auto renewal reduced the money that we were taking in by half, hmm. which is pretty remarkable. And it was just a way of making it easier to use the library. So this that eliminates the first half, I would say, this step eliminates it all together. When you say it, it cut in half the revenue coming from things like fines, how much money are we even talking in the grand scheme of the library systems? In, in both library systems, it's a tiny part of our budget. It's not a small uh, figure. Uh, in the case of the St. Louis Public Library, altogether it was about 70000 a year, and we believe this year, for instance, we'll give up about 30000 Okay. But um, we also have to remember how much it costs to collect that money 
money, handling all of those nickels and dimes across the county, doing the accounting, doing the auditing. Uh, it's not pure revenue. It, it is not. No business on earth would uh, take the time and resources and do the work to collect those nickels. So really, it's a business decision that also has a huge effect on our customers. So you mentioned in the in talking about these auto renewals, there is kind of one good thing about the threat of a fine, and that is everybody wants the hot new bestseller. So now that you're taking that away, what kind of incentive do people have to actually return these books promptly? Kristen, I'm sure you've thought about this. Yes, and we still, I mean, the goal is always to have people come in and use the library and to get the materials back. So uh, fines were never supposed to be a revenue producing um, effort. So we still, and so does St. Louis Public, have a mechanism to deal with people that don't bring their books back. So they receive a ton of notices. Um, they have about, um, about, up until about the 45th day, they're getting multiple notices. Um, and then if they don't bring the book back or the whatever they have, DVD, um, then they get billed for the item. So there's still an incentive to bring it back. They have to pay for the cost of the book or the cost of the DVD. DVD, um, and we remind them a ton. So there's still an incentive. And, you know, most people want to bring their materials back. They really do. Did you see with the auto renewals that people in general held on to books longer, or were they bringing them in on kind of that same schedule as before? I, I think we saw, I don't I don't think we saw a difference other than it, like with St. Louis Public, our fine revenue went down dramatically, but people still brought it back and uh, we didn't have any trouble with holds or anything like that. Um, we still had enough copies of books for everybody and no one complained that there weren't um, copies available. So I don't see anything happening with removing fines either. When we looked at it, <clears throat> at both systems actually, we found that patrons really truly pay almost all of their fines. Uh, it's very unusual for a patron not to pay their fines. And so we can do away with this barrier and those nickels add up. I've, I've had the experience of standing at our circulation desk and realizing I don't have enough money in my wallet to pay my fine. Of course, there's no excuse when you work in the building, but there you go. Uh, <clears throat> so we're, at, you know, kids and actually adults have as many overdue fines as kids. It's a way of making it easier, uh, clearing. Uh, we just met somebody actually out in your lobby who said, I can come back to the library with a, f <laughs> with, with a clear conscience yes. now. A scofflaw within <laughs> yeah, the building. That's, that's yes, right. Uh, so sure. <laughs> it's amazing how often that happens. Yeah. Uh, we actually heard this morning from a St. Louis resident named Lily, and she wanted to share her story about why this change is significant for her. Lily left us a voicemail telling us that for three years, she was in a financially and emotionally abusive relationship. And she said that her then partner used her library card to rack up a debt of more than $85. It was all part of what she described as his scheme to keep her financially dependent on him and keep her from fully pursuing her job search and then printing resumes at the library. Let's listen. Abuse is often a silent and invisible and long-lasting chokehold. The librarians were sympathetic but unable to waive the fee. Even once I was able to sneak the books out of the house, the library had already bought replacements and were unable to reduce the fee. A sign-free library makes the library safe for me again. I look forward to being able to read a book a day again, expanding my view and resources. Thank you to St. Louis City and County Library for making these changes. It means the world to me, and 
it's going to make so such such positive impact on so many people. That was Lily. And we also heard a lovely story from Gwen via email. She writes, I am very happy with the elimination of library late fees. I am a big sister through the Big Brothers Big Sisters organization. I often take my little sister to library events, and we would check out books after the event. However, one time we checked out a bunch of books, but then we didn't do a library event for a long time. And through miscommunication with her parents, the books racked up a ton of fees that her family simply could not afford. My little sister and her family have not been able to check out books for over a year because of that incident. We're attending a library event tomorrow, and I'm excited that she'll be able to check out books again due to the new fine-free policy. I imagine that these two stories are kind of exactly what you were hoping would happen. It's amazing the stories that librarians hear across the desks and the parts of their lives they get involved in, and you get moved and you get moved to tears occasionally. It's wonderful to hear that we're that important. We've always believed that, but just the day-to-day stories of the kids who lost the copy of Green Eggs and Ham and it was under the bed for three weeks and now they're clear, that's as important in many ways in all those those stories. It's exactly why we're doing this. I totally agree. And I think that our, our employees are so amazing and they make real connections with our with the patrons and they want to help them and give them options. And so now they have some, some real um real things that they can do for our patrons when they come in with stories. There's, as Waller said, there are hundreds of stories of people that uh, really, really want to use the library and just can't. Believe me, nobody wants to be the librarian looking at Lily across the desk saying, I'm sorry, you can't use your card. We ask staff, we, we try to find ways to have them help patrons through those problems. But we also have to be fair and we have to be careful with public resources. So I hope this is a way we can satisfy most people. I understand that the St. Louis Public Library is also going to be wiping out old fines. Is that correct? We are. The board voted just last night. We had board meeting last night. Breaking uh, news. That's <laughs> right. Uh, you're, you're the first to hear it. To um, uh, eliminate past fines as well, we thought that uh, kids who had accumulated over the last year's Actually, we've been taking, uh, keeping track of fines for the past 30 years. We, so libraries, you know, libraries hold information. That's one of the things that we do. So we thought, you know, we, we should go back and look at that. And it has the same impact that uh, fines moving forward. So the board made that decision. We're thrilled with that. Kristen, is there any um, talk about doing that on the county level? There is. And we plan to have some discussions about that during the course of the year. Our board approved just not uh, charging fines going forward in January, but that's a discussion that is definitely underway. Waller, have you looked into, is there someone out there who's about to be forgiven several hundred dollars worth in fines, or are these all pretty small? No, there there will be a couple of uh, big ones out there. We uh, Things like DVDs and so forth have accumulated fines, and so there will be some people who are uh, gaining a substantial amount, and it's all relative, of course. But um, Give us a sense of it when you're talking substantial amount. Is anybody up to $1,000? No, no, because uh, generally we limit people to items, so we, we don't let them build up that kind. We, the card actually gets frozen, which is one of the things that we're trying to do away with, so those people with frozen cards. So no, we won't see anyone up there. But uh, you're talking about somebody who might see 100 or $200 on their card. 
One of the things that we're worried about, of course, is you've got those patrons saying, wait, I just paid 15 cents last week, and you're telling me that. Give me a refund. Yeah, right. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're not doing that. We promised you your money for those fines. I've paid plenty of those nickels myself, but they're going for a good thing. But we are going to forgive fines that are on your card now, and we won't be charging them in the future the future. Nobody's going to be asking for that dime or nickel across the desk. So as a regular user of the St. Louis City Library, um, I will say I loved the automatic renewal as you did it. I felt like the one hiccup sort of came at the time of the year in which it's your birthday and your library card is up for renewal. And there was just some weirdness with you felt like your books had been automatically renewed, but it turns out you couldn't renew them past the, the birth date. And it ended up being this this uh, problem. When I talked to the librarians, they said, yeah, they had heard from a number of people who were somewhat confused by this system. Is that something you've looked at at all? Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at every aspect. In, in fact, the board has uh, been looking at all of our circulation policies. And so we've changed some things recently and we're continuing. One of the things that happens in the city of St. Louis, and it may happen in the county as well, is our patrons move on a remarkably regular basis. We have a lot of turnover in addresses, and so we expire our cards every year. That's an inconvenience. You know, your driver's license lasts much longer than that. So we are looking at that. We want to keep track of people, <laughs> but we don't want to inconvenience them. So that's part of what happens there. And, yeah, we're trying to be fair to everybody. Okay. Um, We also did have a question. Um, People were pretty impressed with the fact that you guys rolled this all out together because people sometimes don't even know which library system they're regularly going to. And this this kept it simple. Um, And so one of our hopeful listeners is wondering, is there any talk of merging the city and county libraries? Could this be the true better together? Now, Kristen thinks that I set this question up because <laughs> as you? soon as she was made director out there, I, I went and talked to her and said, we really ought to talk about whether there are real advantages. We talk about this all the time. Thank it's you. very complex. You know, the politics of St. Louis are just as complicated for libraries as they are for everything else. So we look at would it be an advantage? Would it help our customers? Would it help the region? And so we do talk about it and the boards talk about it as well. But it is it would be a big deal. It would be state law. It would be a whole right. lot of state work. State law? Why would state law have to be involved? So we're both established separately in the state statute. Oh. So it would have to be a change that would happen on the state level. So um, I hate saying the word complicated, but this is kind of <laughs> co- complicated. But in the meantime, we've tried to start partnering on lots of programs like Career Online High School and Born to Read and uh, issuing Wi-Fi hotspots at the same time and then this. And then we. one thing I think we we've definitely talked about that we also can figure out at some point is to merge our catalogs. I think if we could get on the same (laughs) platform for our catalog and we merge catalogs, then that is almost like merging in itself. And would that mean people could uh, put a hold on a book from a county library, have it shipped into the city? Yes, and it would mean you could could have only one card that would operate in both. That would be Great. That would be huge. It would be huge. Although the, the logistics of that, my brain hurts just thinking about it. Well, we appreciate that because it's true. The behind-the-scenes <laughs> details of these things are always really complicated. But people, Americans know they're lucky, and they tend to think of public libraries as something that you just walk into, and they serve everyone, and we try to. So county and city working together makes the region move as far as we can towards that. 
we always have to remember there are lots of libraries, public libraries. University City has its own library, uh, Richmond Heights, on and on and on, St. Charles. There, there are actually dozens of public libraries here. The fragmentation of the region extends to our library districts. Yes, and if you live on one side of the street, your library service is different than on the other side of the street. And that makes things really difficult. Patrons, the public generally doesn't like that when it affects them. Uh, so county and city working together can ameliorate that to a large degree, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Okay. Well, so that it sounds like that idea of some sort of unity is on your agenda for the coming years. Um, anything else that's coming up that you'd want to highlight for library users? So, well, we have a new program that actually starts uh, this month, and it's Sensory Saturdays. And we uh, have Discovery Zones in three of our new branches, and they have pneumatic tube walls and all kinds of fun activities for kids. And sorry, I just got to stop you here. A pneumatic tube wall? Yes. What is that? Think kind of magic house-y. So you can put a scarf or a ball in one side, and it forces air through, and the kids can watch it travel through. Um, we have uh, large touch screens. We have giant light brights, all those kinds of fun things, but those areas are really loud and pretty crazy. And so on Saturdays, we're opening up an hour early for families with children on the autism spectrum, and they can come in and explore the discovery zones in a more quiet environment. We have noise-canceling headphones and a whole variety of things that make those places calmer. There are a lot of parents that say they have to stay away from libraries because they're noisy now. They're not super quiet, which is Isn't also, that fascinating? But I mean, also, contrary it, to yes. your reputation through the ages. Yes, but also not um, not as welcoming as we would like to be for kids that are on, on the autism spectrum. So we start um, this month, and we'll have one Saturday a month at three of our branches that open at 8 o'clock in the morning. So if people want more information about that, um, is that there on your website? It is. It is on the website. Um, we actually just announced it last week. So... Um, um, they can go to the libraries with slclorg and find out about it. All right. Well, Kristen Sorth of the St. Louis County Library, thank you so much oh, for joining us for today. Us. Yeah. And Waller McGuire of the St. Louis Public Library, thank you for being here. Thanks, Sarah. It was a pleasure. And we hope that you will keep us updated as you end up pulling off what could be the one merger <laughs> that would actually take place in the greater St. Louis area. I want to be on top of this news here. So, this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.